And we're live. It is night two of the Defining Your Legacy. We got Miss Shakira. You got Catherine. We're back again with what's our topic for tonight? Budgeting and savings. My favorite. Is it? Isn't it your favorite too? It is my favorite because this is the foundation. Like nothing else in finance matters unless you have a budget. Unless you're good with your money. Like this is where you the pavement hits the road. Yep, this, this is, is the it. meat and potatoes of it all. Like the budgeting. I know most people when they hear budget, they're like, ah, I don't want to do budgeting. But let me tell you something. A budget is only a guideline for where your money should be going or is going. Actually, is going. So budgets are very crucial to any type of financial foundation. And it's important that everyone does it. And Catherine, I know you know this, but man, I think it's like three out of five Americans or have a budget. So it's kind of scary that not everyone is on board to budgeting. Yeah. Yes. Cause the important thing with budgeting is that you don't know, you may not be spending too much. Like everyone is quick to be like, I'm spending too much money in this one place, but that may not be the truth. You may have an income problem mm -hmm. rather than, you know, a spending problem. So it's just important for, like people like us who are financial coaches is important for us to know like where your money is going. So then we can be like, Hey, this is what you need to do. But we're going to jump right back into it. Like yesterday we talked about income and we talked about seven different streams of income, things that um, possibly you may not have thought about. We talked about tax hacking with um, income because as I said before, the government hates single people with no kids. And W-2 employees, yes. like always keep that in the back of your mind. Mm -hmm. So hopefully you did your homework and you've been generating some ideas that you can do, um, possibly to bring in another stream of income. But most importantly, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yes, but let's start with budgeting. So Ms. Shakira, tell us yeah, so, what yeah. do we need to know? Like budgeting is my favorite. So first things first, um, Budgeting, what one so let's break it down into how to budget because most people I think what they fall into is they don't know how to properly budget. So when you're creating your budget, you should have an idea of everything that's going into your bank bank account that's after taxes, not before taxes. So you want to make sure you're accounting for that income that you get after your tax. And you also want to know exactly what you're spending because oftentimes we forget about subscriptions, we forget about um different things that we have automatic. And when we do our budget, we don't count that in. So what I have my clients do is I have them print out their credit card statements and their bank statements. I have them take two highlighters, different colors, and I have them go through it and write down the needs, highlight the needs and highlight the wants. So they'll have an idea of what they're actually spending. Because like Catherine said, sometimes you think you're overspending and you're not. And sometimes you think you're not overspending and you are because you have really no idea about what's going on. Every dollar needs to be accounted for. And, and I say, I stress that highly is that every single dollar you have in coming into your bank account needs to be accounted for. You need to know what every, where everything is going and what it's doing, because that's going to help you outline in your budget. And to add to that, it's very important, you know, the difference between a need and a want, because I think some people get that conflict conflicted. Like mm -hmm. a need is definitely like your housing, transportation, groceries, not eating out groceries. <laughs> like those your are insurance. 
Yes. Yeah. Those are needs because, you know, a rainy day happens, you know, what are you going to do? So, but then we have wants on the other side and people are like, well, yes, you need clothing, but do you need Gucci? You don't, or it's just, it's just a, it's just a lot of things that go into needs and wants because for some things, it may be a need for somebody like internet is definitely a need, especially with kids who are using Chromebooks. They don't even use textbooks anymore. But for older uh, older adults, they may not have the need for internet because they weren't they didn't grow up in the technology age like some of us younger people out here. So they may not need internet. So just the important thing to know is that this is not, budgeting is not cookie cutter. And I think, yes, and then you have um, financial experts like, you know, Dave Ramsey that try to preach that this is all you have to do. But yes, the program may work for some people, but it's not going to work for all people. And that's kind of like how we end up with people like they'll get on the bandwagon and then they'll fall off sometime later and they're right back to square one because they haven't found that method or process that works for them. That is an excellent, excellent point. It's not a cookie cutter. You can't follow everyone's. Like what I learned is I take I take what from everybody's philosophy and I take what works for me. So that has helped me along the way because sometimes people have good stuff and sometimes it's not feasible for you. It doesn't work for you. So you definitely want to enter it in with an open mind, but taking what actually works for you and being honest with yourself. Um, and like the best part about budgeting that I like is that you can make room for things that you want in your budget. It's not saying that you have to eat ramen noodles every night. You don't have to eat pork and beans every night. It's not saying that. Like if there's something you really want, then you need to put it in your budget. Because then if you come out at the end and you're in a deficit, that you're spending more than you're bringing in each month, then that's when you need to start looking at what can I cut, what is not necessarily a want, so that I can supply my needs over here. And then at the end of the day, that's how you will know that you have an income problem. And so mm -hmm. now you need to start thinking about what are ways to generate more income, whether I need to possibly go back to school and switch careers or I need to pick up maybe a second job temporary so I can bring things in. But typically when I work with clients, we start cutting, et cetera, things out of the budget. Like maybe there's something you can do without for six months. Like, could you possibly cut off cable for six months and maybe only depend on a streaming service for that short amount of time? You can save money that way. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And one thing I want to bring up is once you do your budget, you have to go back <laughs> and double check. Because I think most people, and I, I used to be guilty of this, you ever write down all your bills on a napkin or a piece of paper, and then and then the end of the month, you're like, why well, don't I have any money? Because you didn't go back and double check it. So the budget, it's important for you to structure it correctly with the proper information, accurate numbers, figures. But more importantly, is going at the end of it and double checking it and make sure you didn't go over. And as you, as you get um, accustomed to it, it becomes natural. So you're know when you're overspending, you're know when you're going out of your budget. But in the beginning, if this is new to you, I definitely suggest that you stick on your track and check it each month whenever you make your budget, your outline. Yes. And then because with budgeting is not going to happen overnight, you're not going to magically have $500 at the end of the month just because you budget it once. It, that's not how it works. It's like it's even a training process, even for people who are like in finances. 
<laughs> like I have, I still have to think about, wait a minute. I was like, yeah. how much did I spend? Yes. And I have to go check and I'm like, oh, I'm over budget. I can't do it. Yep. And you, you, you start to feel when you overspend, you're like, wait a minute. I don't swipe this debit card way too many times, or I hit that phone way too many times on these, mm-hmm. um, these payment systems. So you'll, you'll learn, but the most important thing is to be aware or to start conditioning yourself to write down your expenses check and make sure you're not overspending, being honest with yourself. Like honesty is the number one important thing. I have no problem telling someone that's not in my budget. I have no shame in that. And I think oftentimes we feel like, oh, if we tell someone we can't afford it, we're going to look bad. Not me. I'm the first one. I can't afford it. I'm okay with saying I can't afford it. And I think that's important for everyone to to take home today, being okay with saying that it's not in my budget because it's not more demoralizing you or saying that you don't have it. It's just saying you're more responsible at the moment. Yes. Mm-hmm. So let's jump right into it. Let's talk about some budgeting methods. Like yes. I think we did a great overview overview of what budgeting is, mm-hmm. but there are several different methods of how you can budget. Like, especially if you're a person that uses cash, one popular one is the envelope system. And basically you have envelopes with like, different labels on them for different expenses and you put cash into there each month. So when that envelope is empty, that's it. You can't spend anymore. You can't spend the paper. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. So, but what about the people who don't want to use cash, who don't carry cash with them? Like every time they're swiping that debit card, just shoot, shoot, shoot. Like you would benefit more from either having an app like you need a budget, true bill, um, even an Excel spreadsheet that can pull in those transactions for you. And then you can see them and you can categorize them yourself or some apps, you can put a tag on the transaction mm-hmm. and it automatically knows like, oh, this is McDonald's. This goes in the restaurant category and it'll sort it for you. Yes, that's true. Also, my Chase, I, I think with Chase, this is not like a, a advertising for Chase, but we have a spending plan at the end of the month where it breaks down all of what I spend. And so I know if I'm overspending. So that's another thing that you can add to your um when you're doing your budget, if you're going to do that envelope method, not really not the envelope method, but if you're going to watch and see what you're doing, that's another thing you can look at. Yes. If you look at your most banks and credit unions at the end of the month, if you look at your monthly statement, it'll make a nice little pie chart and it'll tell you like where you spent your money also. But I know a lot of people don't look at their monthly statements at the end. You got it. That's where you find the free money. <laughs> the money that right. you're spending, you find it in there. But another another budgeting system um, that you can use is um, you can look at what you used before. So I forget the exact term of that, but you take what you used before and you just replicate it and you just keep just, you know, using that same format for future, future months. That's another system that you guys can definitely take advantage of. Mm-hmm. And then the 50, 30, 20 is another popular budget. It's probably like the number one I see It's like 50% for your needs, uh, 30% for your wants and 20 for your savings. So at the, whenever you get paid, that's you divide your money up into these buckets and then that's how you budget. It's kind of more basic to keep people, get people disciplined, like, okay, 50% of my check goes here, 30% goes here, 20 goes here. So it's kind of like 
helping people train their mind that get them into the swing of budgeting. Cause well, we're going to be honest, like we're emotional beings. Mm-hmm. We're not made to make rational decisions. Like if we see something that we want and it's sitting in the, uh, and we check our checking account and the money is there nine times out of 10, we're going to buy it. Yes. Because we really want that item or we really want this thing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that 50, 30, 20, good, good point. It also helps you with understanding how much to go where, you know, because we're trying to figure out how much should we be spending on um, on our rent, our uh, needs, like our, our rent, because I know sometimes we overspend, especially now if you live in a major city, you're overspending on your rent. So keeping that 50 percent helps you keep in line so that you're not spending too much on living expenses and you're giving enough to invest in and savings because that's going to be the important part of, you know, setting up your financial foundation. You need that savings and investing uh, component. So that 50, 30, 20 helps keep you on track of where you should be with your spending. Yes. All right. So we're going to keep we're going to keep this party going. (laughs) So also with budgeting, Mm -hmm. another thing we should look out for is that there's a difference between budgeting and tracking. Like a lot of people I see that they only track their expenses and tracking is good in like the first one to two months when you're about to budget Mm -hmm. because you need to see like where your money's going. So you need that data. Mm -hmm. Yes. So, I mean, like you can't say, well, I'm only going to spend, you know, $50 on eating out this month when typically you spend about 200. Like you're not you're you are not going your brain is not going to let you do that because it's like, no, it's Friday. We got paid. We're going to go get something to eat like your body is trained like this is what we do, especially if you have a family, you know, you got little mouths to feed that um, eating out bill is going to. It's going to go up. Let me tell you something. I During the pandemic, we used to do once a week Uber Eats. And then I started looking at my account and I'm like, wait a minute, Uber Eats is getting expensive. That's like 300 a month. So we had to cut that down to every other week. And then we down to once a month now because it does it does add up. And, and if you don't realize how much you normally spend, you would definitely under underestimate yourself for spending. So it's definitely important that you have that data. Yes. Another thing to look at is like with gas, like gas prices have like jumped up so high. So typically your gas budget may be like, oh, I can get through with like $50 a month now. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) You're probably at double. You're probably at $100. But see, that's the importance of a budget because you can move stuff around. And like in case of these emergencies or you have your savings, Mm -hmm. that's what it's there for. It's there for emergencies. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. Exactly. Um, Yeah. So, oh, with budgeting, one trick that helps me is separate accounts. So I know it sounds kind of crazy, but I have separate accounts for different things. So I have accounts for the household bills, accounts for the wants, accounts for like investing and saving. So I learned that setting yourself up with different accounts helps you stay better on track with your budgeting because it's not all coming from one place. And, you know, we're all about diversifying everything. So it's important that you just not have one account that everything gets paid out of. Multiple accounts is going to what's going to help you keep track and stay on top of it. If you can handle the multiple accounts, that's it. Yes, because definitely if you're a person that's like definitely people who are like overspender personalities, they need to keep it separate. And like even to the point of like 
keep it separate and don't put it in a, a bank or a savings account where there's a card attached to it because you're going to use it. Mm -hmm. So typically it'll take like two to three business days for money to move over to an account. So then that's why you should have that separate account. It's just like, this is my general savings over here. And then it's okay to have like your emergency fund attached to your, you know, your regular banking, because that's what it's there for. It's an emergency. Mm -hmm. But if you know yourself is that I'm not a disciplined person, then you may want to look at getting like three different accounts, one for my bills, one for my emergency fund and one for general savings. Yes. Yes. Very important. And your employer, you can talk to your HR department. They can set that up. I think you can have up to three accounts for direct deposit. So like I have my two checking accounts set up with direct deposit where it splits it in half. So the one for the um, the rent goes to one account and the bills go to the other account. And that'll be a way to keep you also on track because sometimes you get busy, you forget to do certain things. So this is automating certain steps and the process helps you along the way. Automating. That's a good point because you can automate your savings, especially if you're a person that gets paid on the same day each month, like every Friday, every other Friday, you can already set it up for your bank account to draw out X amount of dollars before you even see it. Like as soon as it hits, it's gone. It's out of sight, out of sight, out of mind. You do not have to worry about it. Yep. 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 That's the best way to do it when you do not have to worry about it. Because let me tell you something, trying to transfer it over after you, it done hit that account and you done got paid and you're like, oh, wait, I got extra money. No, take let it go out as soon as anything goes out. Speaking of your savings account, your savings should be the first bill you pay. Your, your yourself should be the first bill you pay, because I know oftentimes we were taught you pay your bills and whatever's left, you save it. But I'm here to tell you, dismantle that whole belief system. You pay yourself first. And if you run out of money, then you need to go back to that budget and tweak what you need to tweak. But that savings account is there for a reason. And you're paying yourself first. It's going to set the tone for you for future, for your future. It's going to make sure that you're taken care of. Right. And I know some people would be like, well, I'm not going to I'm not going to do that. And I'm like, I want you to think about this. Mm -hmm. I was like. Like during the pandemic, a lot of people lost their jobs mm -hmm. immediately. And a lot of people who were already in stressful financial situations that was exacerbated like mm -hmm. with that. So a lot of those people didn't have savings. You know, they uh, unemployment took like, what, 15 weeks to get. Yeah. And some people yeah. still don't have their unemployment to this day. They're still right. Yeah. Yeah. So the reason why we're stressing to pay yourself first is because you never know what's going to happen. Like your job could just up and move to Mexico. You're out of you're out of a job and it may seem secure, but nothing in life nothing is, is promised, mm -hmm. especially with corporations who are always trying to profit, trying to get a high percentage profit. Yeah, they will close up shop and move to some overseas and um, destination where they can pay someone pennies on a dollar in a heartbeat. Yeah. They'll pay the excess tax to get their mm -hmm. items shipped here because either way, they're still making more profit than they would if they kept operations here in the U.S., Definitely. So, and, yeah, definitely. And even if it's not even a job situation, if you have a car, flat tire, you know, I, I don't have a car, so I, I can't imagine all the things that could go wrong with a car. Or if, you, if your child needs something in an emergency case, having that emergency savings account is what's going to save you because most Americans don't have a thousand dollars saved. It's like it's mind blowing that we don't have money saved in case something was to happen. We're living paycheck to paycheck and we have to get out that that cycle, that that little 
hamster wheel that keeps rolling. We have to stop it and get off and make sure that we're set and, and secured. Right. And then another thing I'll bring in is that a lot of people, they put emergencies on credit cards. And so then think about the interest that's accumulating on there. Well, I mean, that's why credit card companies are like billion dollar companies. Oh, my. Oh, my God. In 20, <laughs> was it 2020? Because I put this in my book. In 2020, they made one hundred and seventy six billion dollars off for interest, interest and late and late payment fees. Mm. It's, it's crazy. Crazy. But yeah, let's keep going. So we talked about budgeting methods. We talked about the importance of budgeting. So let's slide now into just, let's just talk about savings. Yes. Mm -hmm. Okay. So when we're talking about savings, please do not put your savings in your mattress. I'm calling a lot of people out right now, but please do not put your money in a mattress, number one, because um, if you do not have ad adequate house insurance, that's my first concern mm -hmm. is that that money is burnt up in there. I don't think on a homeowner's policy, you can say that, yeah, I had about $5,000 in my mattress. I don't think the insurance will cover that. No, they may, they're probably giving you your mattress probably get you another one, <laughs> but I don't think they're going to cover your money. And then also, I know a lot of people like just growing up, they were like, oh, we don't trust the banks. The banks take people money. They have they have late fees. They have all of the et cetera. And I'm just like, you're going to there are some shady banks out there That's for it. sure. Mm -hmm. But you need to find. But there are plenty of banks that are they are guaranteed by the government. Like mm -hmm. look for any bank that's FDIC insured. And that's in case if the bank shuts, if the bank just wakes up one day and closes its doors, you can get your money back. Yes. Like my earlier example with the fire, you're probably not going to get that money back that was in your mattress. It, it's gone. But at least in the bank, the government is going to step in and be like, oh, you had $5,000 in your account. Here you go. It may take a little while to get it because it's the government. Yep. <laughs> but at least you'll get it back. For sure. For sure. Yeah. It's no no mattress money, no shoebox money, no drawer money. <laughs> and then also you just run into the issue of that if you have even, hate to say this, a family member who knows about it and you're gone, possibly on vacation, gone to work, and they break in and take it. I mean, that's it. Mm -hmm. You know, if he, unless you have like a ring doorbell or something and they'd be like, Oh, this person entered my house unauthorized. But if you don't have that, the police are just like, what do you want us to do? Nope. <laughs> we, nope. we have no leads. So nope. it's gone. So just and, definitely and, and, something. Yeah. On top of that, you lose value when this in the, in the mattress, like, you know, you, you need, your money needs to grow for you. And it's sitting in a mattress and in a shoebox. It's not growing. And yeah, you do need to have a couple of, you know, emergency dollar bills around the house because you don't want to walk around with no cash. But we're talking about your savings. Your savings should be in, a, in an institution that's growing for you because you always want your money to grow for you. I mean, that's and that's another key point is that you can't save yourself to wealth. There is literally no one in the history of time that put all their money into like a basic savings account and then they retire at 60, 60 years later and they were a millionaire. It does not work like that does not happen <laughs> and it would be nice if it did though it but, it's, it's, <laughs> but, but no i mean unless you had a million dollars 
to start off with, but still, it's, that million dollars still million in six uh, years. <laughs> okay, because most interest on savings account is like 0 0.01. That is a good homework assignment. I want you to go look at your savings account and it'll say interest YTD for yield. And you can see it'll have a little percentage and it's probably going to be 0 0.01. But there are some places that are even lower than that. And it's 0.001 or 0.02. Like it's just like the bank is taking your money and lending it out to people for like what? 9%. And then they're giving you just a little bitty share of that with the 0.01 while they're making so much money. So that's why it's important for people to be educated that, hey, don't leave all your money in savings, which we're going to talk about this when we talk about investment day, mm -hmm. which is going to be my favorite day. Yes. Teach people how to invest. But we're focusing on budgeting and savings because why this came first is because if you don't have money saved, how are you going to have money to invest? Yes. And if you don't know your budget, you don't know what you can save and what you can afford to invest. So that's why. This one came first. Mm -hmm. Right. Because then another point is that, do you think that you're going to put $5 in every month and have enough to retire in 30 years? No, I'm about to say, I could pull out my financial calculator and tell you what the calculation would be, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to save you from that and tell you that you're not. Yeah, it's definitely, definitely not. But um, until we get to the investing, the, when you do the savings, I love high yield savings accounts. Yes. Um, I think they're they're like they're saving grace for us in the beginning because you want to have six at least six months of your expenses saved, tucked away in case anything was to happen. And um, of course, you should have a little bit of money in your savings account that's attached to your bank account in case you got to do a quick transfer. But definitely put the extra into the high yield savings. Catherine, do you have any high yield savings that you're a big fan of? Yes, I love Ali Bank. Yeah, Ali Bank, <laughs> Bank has a different buckets. Yes. So you want to do like savings for a vacation, savings for different type of, you know, special things you want to do. Ali Bank is perfect for that. Yes. And you mm -hmm. can also get a card that's like, remember, if you are not disciplined, do not get the card. <laughs> Just keep the money there and link it to your bank account mm -hmm. for like, I think their transfers is like one to two business days. It depends on the receiving bank. But um, also another good one, Barclays. Mm -hmm. They're a good bank. Um, I love American Express high yield savings. They yes. One. Um, Discover has one. And um, Goldman, did you say Goldman Sachs? I didn't, but yeah, Goldman, Goldman Sachs, Sachs is good. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. And with the same thing with the regular bank, like Catherine said, you want to make sure it's FDIC insured because some of them are not FDIC insured and you do not want to take any chances with that because anything can happen. For example, Chime is not FDIC insured. And there are a lot of people, numerous reports that, you know, people with kids typically get a large tax refund. Mm -hmm. So then Chime flags it as fraud. And so then now your money is held up. And some people, they weren't able to get their money back. There's like no authority over Chime because no one can step in and be like, no, I'm, I'm serious. Like, there's no one over Chime that's like, um, y'all can't do that. There's no body over them. Yes. Yeah, so a lot of people like lost their tax refunds like completely because Chime flagged it as fraud. So now the next step is like, I don't have any money. How am I going to get a lawyer mm -hmm. to go up against Chime? So, you know, it's, it's a circle. 
Stay away from them. <laughs> yes. So definitely like when you're looking to online banking or any just financial institution, just make sure they're FDIC. Now, credit unions, they are not FDIC, but they're under another regulatory body that also ensures. So it won't be the federal government step stepping in. It's a different body that will step in and still secure your money. So those are just things to look at, like when you're looking for, you know, if you're trying to get a uh, checking account or you're trying to just get a savings account, just make sure you look at that. And it's typically towards the bottom of the website. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. It'll say like, oh, we're insured by mm -hmm. this body. And just a quick Google search, just, <laughs> just, just throw it over there. Yes. Do your due diligence, but everything you put your money into, you got to make sure you research it. Yes, because there it. are a lot of institutions that are malicious mm -hmm. and they try to come up, especially after like working class families, mm -hmm. like they are, they will try every trick in the book to get you to get your money because you're the backbone of America. So, yes, you are. You you're the main spender. You gotta be vigilant. You gotta be on top of it. Radar is up, especially now with a lot of scammers. So, there's a lot of scamming going on. I don't know if, um, I got a scam from a text alert from my my bank, Citibank. I don't even bank with Citibank, but I got received a scam alert that something was wrong with my account. So you guys got to be that's another thing you got to watch out for. They may look like it's legit, but you got to make sure you do your research because you may be hitting the wrong link um, and taking you somewhere you're not supposed to be. Yes. Phishing emails are the worst mm -hmm. also, because then they'll just put malware on your computer. And then if you're the type of person that saves passwords to your computer, now they got access to that. A lot of things still seen is like the little skimmers on gas stations. Mm -hmm. Like that's been a really big increase, especially. It's crazy. It's crazy. So back to saving. So when you're so we, we covered the different um, different type of accounts you can have. What's a com most people have a problem with finding a comfortable number to save. So my thing is um, temp you just be saving 10% of your income. Um, the other 10% can go to investments, but I say a, a safe number for beginners is 10%. What do you what do you say, Catherine? I agree. 10% is a good place to start. Um, and for some people, when you said like six months of expenses, mm -hmm. they may not even know what they spend each month to even get to that point. Right. So yeah. So they'd be or they may feel like six months is like too much and we're raising their blood pressure. So, yeah. <laughs> so, so let's just say 10%. So six months is is depending on how much your, your monthly expenses are, six months can seem like a vast number. But how I got to my six months was you utilizing my income tax refund. So like if I got an income tax refund, which I do because I have kids, I would take half of that and put it in uh, in a vehicle for savings. So that's one way you can get to your six months quicker is with using your your bonuses, your tax return. You know, when you're getting raises from work, you can take that extra money and you could put it towards your savings account so that you can have that reserve created. Yes, like any type of extra money you're getting in, like from tax refunds or even just if you're doing odd jobs on the weekend, you should be applying that to something constructive. Like it's okay to treat yourself. Do not leave this um, live talking about Catherine told me I couldn't treat myself. I did not say that. <laughs> I am the first one who advocates for self-care, yeah. but you don't need a $500 weekend of self-care. Like <laughs> every month. <laughs> yeah, every month. Yes. Every month. No. no. 
Maybe for your birthday. But. Yeah. Especially when, when you don't have that six months cushion seat. Like that six months is so important. And we say six months because if you lose, God forbid you were to lose your job, it usually takes about four months. And during that time, you want to be able to pay the bills without having to worry about paying the bills. You want to focus on looking for a new job. And that six months is what's going to be there to sustain you during that time. Yeah. And then even like if something was happened to your car, car repairs are not cheap, especially if it's something, anything transmission related, you're coughing out $2,000 plus. Yeah. So even just um, that can, oh, oh, okay. You disappeared for a second, oh. but, but we're back. Um, <laughs> like I was saying, anything with a um, car transmission is going to be about a $2,000 job. And yeah. so then if you don't have that money, like, there's no buy here, like buy now, pay later, <laughs> like the Klarna after pay. I don't think no, any there's no after pay for transmissions. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to take that. They're going to want their money then because they're not going to let you drive that car. So then now what you don't have transportation to work or are you going to have to try to catch a ride with your cousin or someone who works at the same place with you? You're going to have to give them gas money while you're trying to, you know, save up money. And it would probably be a little bit easier if you could work OT, but you don't have a car right now. Mm -hmm. So you're not getting that overtime. So, you know, yeah. So it's like, it all comes back. It's like a full circle, but it's a very intricate web of like how all this stuff relates, like what you need to do. Cause you never, you never know what's going to happen. Never. You never know what's going to happen. So mm-hmm. always have, always work for that six months. And like we said, don't get, don't get afraid if that six months amount is like 18, 20,000. Um, you can, you can work your way up to that. It's going to take a lot of sacrifice it's going to take a lot of honesty. It's going to take a lot of that's not in my budget at this moment, because in the end, that's the goal. The goal is to have yourself where you're not trembling if an emergency was to happen. You're OK, because that weight on your shoulder when you don't have the money to pay for something, it can it can really mentally tear you down. So we want to avoid that all costs. Life is full of stuff as it is. So the more the more we can avoid and, and help, the better we are, the better off we will be. And I just want to add to that is that while you're building up this savings, it's not that you can't touch it because emergencies are going to happen along the way. It's just the point that if you do take money out for emergency, you start right back putting money in there once the emergency is over. Mm -hmm. So I know like some people would be like, oh, I got to save this money and they're not touching it when they're actually going through an emergency. So, you know, they're on the flip side of the. Yeah. Yeah. On the flip side from the overspender, we have the overcautious that's like, oh, my God, like I can't touch it. Like, but, you know, your lights about to get turned off because, you know, HR made a, um, a billing mistake. Mm-hmm. So now you got to wait till your check in two weeks to get two checks because they may not print you another one. So it's just like Shakira said, anything can happen. Be prepared. Be prepared for it. Yeah. Because if you're prepared, you don't have to worry. That's the number one thing. Always stay ready. (laughs) So for homework, I do want you to go look at your savings account and see how much interest you're earning. And I also want you to look at different high yield savings accounts. Yes. And I would like for you to do this activity. I know it doesn't really take that long. And I and it's something that I really like to do. I do it every month now. 
print out your statements and go through them. And you should be count looking and seeing how much stuff you're spending on wants versus needs and vice versa. And if your wants are outweighing your needs, you got to scale back just a little bit. And that scaling back is only if you don't have that that cushion of your savings. Because you, you I mean, we have money. We want to work. We work hard. We want to spend our money. But we have to make sure that we're secure. And that six-month savings is making sure that we're secure. And then after that, we get into the investment. That's when you have the real fun. Like yeah. going out to close is cool. But flexing with I got 100 shares in this company or own Apple, that's the real fun right there. Man, when you get dividends every month. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Yeah, I, say, I think that's all we have for this evening. Yep. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow. And everyone have a great night. And don't forget to do your homework. Mm -hmm. Oh, and one last thing. Do not forget to put your email in the chat box because I know that you want this Building Your Credit Organically workbook. Yes. yes. Mm -hmm. All right. We're all right. signing off. Bye.